Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And as you know, these are conversations that I like to bring to, to whoever's listening so that you can become inspired by ordinary people who, just like you, just like me, have undergone an extraordinary spiritual awakening. What this means is that we have come to realize that there is more to who we have been taught we are. There is more to life. There is more in the unseen realm that we had not been um, taught to explore. Maybe when we were little children, we could tap into that. But later on as adults, we kind of veered from the ability to align with a higher power, regardless of what we call it. And today I have the pleasure of having a, a conversation with Bob Saima. And Bob is a musician. He is somebody who has uh, been inspiring people um, around the world with his music. So I thought he would be a perfect person to inspire us today with the story of his spiritual awakening. So, Bob, thank you so much for joining me. I am super, super excited that you are here. So, yeah, so welcome, welcome. So I'll start the conversation the way I started with everybody. How old were you or maybe what were the circumstances that you were in the midst of when you began to realize that maybe there was more to life than what you had been taught was what the real world was all about? For me, that moment happened when my mom passed away. I was 41 and all of a sudden my world got turned upside down and I went into a journey of beginning to to ask questions like, who who am I? You know, why am I here? There's got to be more to to life than just being born and dying. When did that happen to you? Wow, that's a, <clears throat> that's a zinger of a question. <laughs> um, it is. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I would say the earliest the earliest memories that I, I have of of kind of breaking away from the um, conditioning, you know, the um, things being fed to you saying, yeah, this is the way everything is just, you know, kind of get with it. Um, you know, probably in high school, you know, probably, um, probably when I started connecting, connecting with music and started hearing some messages and um, from different songs and different, uh, artists, and then I, I think one of the seminal things for me was when I started getting into um, Jim Morrison, you know, The Doors, and I was reading uh, Carlos Castaneda, and I was reading some of these mystical. I don't know what led me to these, but I was somehow led to them, and um, you know, it started. It started coming into um, into uh, sort of up against what I'd learned about religion and and God and heaven and hell. And, you know, it, it really, really kind of, kind of started cracking me open a little bit to understanding that there's a lot more going on than, <laughs> than I thought before. So it was probably through the mystics through the, I would call Jim Morrison a mystic. I would call Carlos Castaneda a shaman, a mystical shaman. So that was, those are probably the beginnings of the, yeah, the beginning of the cracking of the veil. Yeah. So as you are being exposed to these lyrics and and uh, uh, Carlos, I mean, obviously his his um, with the Alchemist, one of the the top selling books in in the world. Um, A different person. Yeah, it's not Pablo Coelho. 
Oh, uh, oh, Carlo Castaneda. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Different person. I've only read one. <laughs> yes, it is. I only read one book of Carlo Castaneda's. Um, which one? Which? Give me some names, some titles to see if it jogs my memory. Oh, you're going back 20 to 27 years. I, you know, all I remember was the story of Don Juan, and um, it was the it was the it was this journeys using mind um opening substances like peyote oh yes yeah it was it was just that i think the way um the way of something a mystical teacher name um but um yeah you're going way back and i haven't read really since, since you know 25 years ago but when mm -hmm. i was you know at that age but um probably longer than that but yeah carlos kind of, and 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 i can tell you that when i when i started reading um, some of the stuff from from uh, Paulo Coelho, um, you know, the the Alchemist. That was a great book because that came into the middle of my journey of where I am now. You know, over the last eight or ten years. So that that's a great, you know, great uh, little, <laughs> little hiccup that you thought it was a different person. There there are no hiccups. It was perfect. Totally, totally. I um, you know, I've read so many different books over, you know, my journey has been about maybe um, it, sometimes it's hard to remember how many years, 17 or so years. And mm -hmm. over the course of that time, especially the first five years, I felt this hunger, this thirst when I began to, to realize that there was more than what I had been conditioned to believe. It's like I became this, this thirsty little monster for truth. Um, and I probably read 500 books in a period of, of five years. It was absolutely mind blowing. Of course, the, the next 12 years after that, I've read probably uh, the same number, but of course at a slower pace because I had more time. Um, what were some of the other teachings or even some of the lyrics uh, from some of the songs that really did something for you that caused you to really see things totally differently. Because for me, it was like a 180 um, in terms of my perception of reality was completely turned upside down. Hmm. Well, so Carlos Castaneda, the mystics were probably what opened me up, got me started. Um, and then I probably went back to sleep, you know, I went to college and I went through this whole, um, you know, I got married and started a family and all of this. And, and that, and I, and then when that shifted is when I had the next kind of awakening, but I mean, some of the practices, some of the tools, um, I would say, uh, breath work was one of the things that, um, practice wise and, um, and, uh, something that literally could shift your entire awareness and your experience without, reading a book without taking a substance or, you know, whatever it was, it was, it wasn't sitting and listening to some speak to you and some, some guru. Um, breath work is something that brought me uh, into, uh, into the, into the experience rather than, because you could read a million books, you know, you can have totally. knowledge. There's a, a line, I think it's from Course in Miracles. It says that, um, the mind doesn't know the way. Um, the heart has been there, but the soul has never left. And that's part of the spiritual journey. And when you do breath work and you really sink into that experiential place where you, you feel the truth, you don't know the truth, you just feel it. 
um, to me, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate, uh, that's enlightenment really. And, you know, the breath work was a big thing and it, and it kind of goes hand in hand with meditation. Um, they're, to me, they're really the same thing. Um, breath is meditation and meditation uh, for me is just an absence of the breath. I can find myself in a still spot and not even need to breathe. So those are probably two big practices, um, maybe a line or two from one of my songs. Um, I would say there's uh, a song I have called Shine, and um, the, the lyric is, when you let your guard down long enough, you might like what lets itself on in. And, um, and then there's another line from an, a newer song. Um, it says, everything you go through grows you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those two kind of go hand in hand. If you let your guard down, you will begin to feel um, – the things you need to feel. You might not like the things they're feeling, but you begin to feel them, and then you go through them. Mm-hmm. Most of us, we don't want to feel these things, so we kind of push them away, um, and we never go through what we need to go through. We kind of go around it, and then we do a circle, and we do a pattern that just goes on forever. So, so those would be two lyrics that, for me, would be, when you let your guard down long enough, you might like what lets itself on in, and then everything you go through, through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are absolutely perfect lyrics. And um, what you were talking about, the meditation and the breath work, let's expand a little bit on the breath work, specifically based on these lyrics that you're talking about, because I one of the reasons I do these conversations and have been doing them for a couple of years is to expose people to ideas, modalities, experiences that give them kind of kind of drop pebbles into that that pond of curiosity that that allows us to say, well, if that worked for Bob or if that worked for Lina, maybe I should try that because breath work is something that I did not grow up knowing about. It was, I knew I, everybody breathes. So I didn't know that. And I grew up Catholic and the, the, the mention of meditation, never heard of meditation really until I was an adult, which is such a, such a crazy thing to say, but it just wasn't in my realm of reality prayer. Yes, but not meditation per se, not, not the actual practice of it. But like you, breath work became such an integral part of my awakening because it was through breathing consciously that I began to do exactly what you're talking about, tap into places inside of me, old wounds, old pains, even some old beautiful memories that had been repressed and totally completely were out of my conscious awareness. And it's as if consciously breathing I was getting to know more of who I am that had been so fragmented through my life experiences. How how did breath work help you? I mean, if you have any examples or anything you want to share a little bit more about it, um, I, I love to hear more. Well, I went through a training at um, a uh, school, a consciousness school called Inspiration Community, and it's um, if people want to look it up, it's inspirationcommunity.org. But it, it was an eight-week class. They call it the eight-week. And it's, it's man, I mean, a powerful experience of um, – and I would call it rebirth. 
uh, breath work came through Stan Groff and Leonard Orr and, and Sandra Ray and these teachers that teach you that um, when you go through an experiential and these are this is all mouth breathing very rapidly um, and that's what allows you to transcend your state of consciousness and it pulls up the repression the repressed uh, items um, and it does that because your breath is the only is the only function that you can do consciously and and unconsciously so because it it, it, it taps into both layers of your being um, when you when you really stimulate your breath you're really stimulating your subconscious and it just magically pulls these things up so i went through a complete rebirth uh what they call it and um several times really and um you recreate your birth you recreate how you came in where you where you wanted to be born um and it's a powerful 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 experience so that was sort of like the woo, you know cracked me wide open and then i learned um what a little more practical side of it because that's sort of in a controlled environment you would do that rebirth and you would go into a you'd be with a group of people there'd be loud music playing and and you have a rebirthing partner i mean it's yeah. a very controlled experience um i've done that i've done that so i understand what you're talking about yeah so you have that experience and everybody, oh, yeah. everybody can benefit from that it's like 10 years of therapy and <laughs> wrapped into one session because it's oh, no you can't consciously talk to someone about because they're not in the surface of your of your awareness so um the other part for me and th that was great the breath work um you know the rebirthing was great um i wanted i found an, another teacher named rabia hayek uh from do is one and, and i just immersed myself in a lot of what he was doing and his, his was um and, and then i got into the yoga breathing which is they just call it pranayama um and, and that's where I really got completely um, just down the rabbit hole with. And we actually created a class. We have an online course. It's called Practical Breathwork. There's a website, practicalbreathwork.com. You can check it out. But it's a, this is a way for you to use your breath to um, heal, uh, self-healing, self-mastery, we call it, and self-discovery. So you can kind of do all of those things. Um, and so it's for me, it was like helping me to get through my day, my day. You know, if you're starting to get a, oh yeah, there's a link. Um, if you're starting to get a, a, an anxiety feeling or, or a depressed feeling, there's a breath for everything. There's a, there's a, there's a prescription as we call it for every, for every um, condition that you can run into. It brings energy into your life. Um, it can bring focus. Your, your brain can like, go from the left brain dominant to right brain dominant throughout the day. So we have an alternate nostril breath. So there's, to me, it's like life changing. Um, I call it a health practice because it's for your health. It's for your wellness. It's for your spirituality. Um, so breath work as, as just one as my life. I mean, I, you know, I rarely will, will just find myself not even thinking about my breath. I'm even if I'm just sitting here typing, I'm just, I'm just constantly. Because when you, when you sit with your breath and you're aware of your breath, you are immediately present. Because we can't take a past breath and we can't take a future breath. We can only take this breath. So um, anyway, it, it's it's to me um, just the go-to. Well, one of the teachers that I that I um, uh, tapped into. Um, was Andrew Weil? Oh yeah. Um, and he said he said so succinctly. He said if you 
if you have one breath today that's more conscious than it was yesterday, maybe just one more. Maybe you had 400 today and you had 400. You, he says you're making spiritual progress. And I firmly believe that. So the days that you find yourself enhancing your breath every day, you're growing consciously. You know, you're growing your consciousness. You're growing your, your um, you're just, you're just reaching a higher height. Uh, you're reaching a greater height than you, than you were the next day. And Absolutely. Now, I t so, so agree with you on that. Let's, let's talk about this in, in kind of put it in context in the big picture, because the reason, and I, I have, you know, I've been teaching now for 12, 13 years and breath work, although it's not something that I personally teach, I've not been called to do that. I definitely work with breathwork practitioners. I just did an event where I included a breathwork practitioner, a really good friend of mine who does amazing work and because it's necessary. It is an absolute necessary component exactly for what you said. It's the only thing that we can do consciously that has to do with our body that connects us with, with the world it, it's also connecting us with um, the seen world and the unseen world because it is a conscious, deliberate acknowledgement that there is something that sustains us that we can't see, that we can't, we can't touch it, mm -hmm. but we can certainly feel it when it's not there. That's when we come into the awareness, oh my gosh, without this breath, I cannot exist. And to me, it's really important to put things into context because why do we need to do breath work? Why do we need to do conscious breath work? And it's because we have become unconscious of who we are, what we're a part of, the importance of who we are inside of the wholeness of all that is seen and unseen. So tell me a little bit about what happened to you that had you disconnect from that, from the awareness of that conscious breathing, which is something that then you had to learn to do because for me, I had totally completely fallen asleep to my divinity. I had no idea that I was connected to something grander. I thought I was just Lina, who was a mom who had three kids who had to work really hard, make money, you know, keep the husband happy, um, be part of the PTA, do a couple of good things around my community. And that was basically the extent of my life, which was totally and completely disconnected from the piece of the puzzle that I am to the whole of the puzzle. So breath work was something that invited me into realizing that I am so much more magnificent than the, the life that I thought I was supposed to be experiencing. So say a little bit more about what had you disconnect from your breath that had you then go into this journey to consciously connect with it. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot packed into that question. I think most I know. Sorry. Of us, no, it's okay. I'm just, I just want to thoughtfully give you an answer that makes sense. Take your time. I mean, I think that most of us have been culturally conditioned by our parents and our teachers and our Sunday school teachers and our coaches and our whatever. And it's a very, most of us, I mean, I would say most of us, but a lot of people in suburban America that grew up in, in, you know, 
they have a very is a very limited scope of what the world is about and what you're about and you know that goes up against what's inside of us which is our dharma it's our purpose and that is huge that's a big big song that wants to come through you and over here we're playing a little player piano and there's an orchestra waiting to come through us so i think all of us have that juxtaposition it's like wow i you know you know, I want to do all this stuff, but but you don't really get that you don't really get that calling until you leave the little bubble that you grew up in, right? And that's okay. Some people stay in that bubble and they're happy. Um, I mean, I met a guy the other day in a music store. He was a genius guitar player. I'll tell you, he was just he might have been 25, 30 years old, and and I'm just going, where do you play? What, what's your name? And he's like, oh, I don't really have a name for my band. We just play in the bars and we don't do much. And I said, what? Well, what's your dream you know i sat back and he said i dream small and i stay happy <laughs> what a beautiful line and i said well well part of me said what a beautiful line and part of me said oh my gosh what a tragedy <laughs> you know, because um and i think that is the essence of of the the the, the, the wall that everyone comes up in. You know, well maybe i'm supposed to be some big magnificent something or another well, no, I just need to go back to my little job so I can pay my bills and all of that. So I don't know. For me, I mean, you asked about me, and I can just say, um, I was, I went to sleep. You know, I went to sleep for about seven or eight or ten years, and I would find myself on the couch watching television, numbing out, having a beer or two every night, eating not really the greatest food in the world. You know. Um, Finding myself, and I felt I had everything. I had everything that I thought, you know, based on the cultural conditioning that I was supposed to do. But it wasn't my story. I was living someone else's story, and and bless them because they just wanted the best for you that they maybe never had. So um, as parents and all of that, we do the best we can to to help our kids, and sometimes it's through fear we want them. Uh, to not have to experience the pains we went through. But I think I was living somebody else's story. Um, and when I woke up, everything just sort of, uh, and I was listening to Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and all these guys at the time. And I'm going, oh my gosh, how, how did I not know about this stuff? Because I too grew up in, you know, pretty um, straight-laced Catholicism, Roman Catholic. And I didn't know about meditation. I didn't know about breath work. Uh, and then later I found Dale Allen Hoffman, a good friend of mine, who teaches me that the word for breath is wuka, which Jesus, Yeshua, said was something that you could detect its presence, but you can't find its source. And Yeshua also said that the, the, the love of money is the uh, root of all evil, but money is not the word. Money is what he was not saying. He was saying the love of materialism, like seeing this world and saying, you know, this is all that there is, you know. So when you, I think to me is, for all of us, is tap into the mystics because theologians, I think um, Epictetus said it like this. He said, all the theologians will, will disagree, but the mystics all speak the same language, right? And the mystics speak the language of the heart and the soul. And that's where we connect most with. Now, I, I would say that probably the biggest wake-up call I ever had was when Wayne Dyer said, he said, um, 
don't die with your music still in, in you. you know and that hit me he was talking about this book called the death of ivan illich it was a short i was a short story a told story a short story about a judge from moscow who um who hated his life um he really lived someone else's life he became a judge and it's a long story of uh, his own betrayal to himself. Um, and then he ended up hating everyone around him. Um, you know, and he, the, I think it's the book starts with, the story starts with, what if my whole life was a lie? And then he dies. So, you know, for people that are maybe listening to this, you know, it's not a mystery what is inside of you. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, it, you might think it's a mystery and people have a hard time finding Oh, what is it that I'm supposed to wake up to and all that? Um, and to me, it's like, what are you passionate about? You know, what what lights you up? Like, obviously, you wake up and you want to be on the camera and working with people, and this is your dharma part of part of it. It feels like, and you know, we all have that. But why is it easier for some people to find it than others? And it, the, the the thicker the conditioning and the thicker the, the life that you've built around yourself, the bills and the walls and the number of this and that that you have to maintain is going to keep you from it. So as uh, Emerson always said, simplify, simplify. So when we come down and we start removing the trappings of our life, you know, it, everything just becomes clearer, you know. Absolutely. You know, when you mentioned that, what that young man said, the guitarist, you know, I dream small and I stay happy. The reason to me that's so profound is it just depends on how you look at it. Um, I have come to realize that the dream is the falling asleep. It is the um, the falling into the conditioning that what matters is the material world. What matters is everything external. So when when he said that he dreamed small to me, that meant, oh, wow, he, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time being asleep. That's why he can stay happy, because to go to sleep is to block our happiness, um, which I'm a student of The Course in Miracles. And I also teach from it. I've been doing that for quite a quite a while. And The Course in Miracles tells us that we have one function and it's the one God gave us and it's to be happy. Happiness is our function. So if you are happy, you're not dreaming because you're not in an illusion of lack of happiness, which sends us out to chase in the material world for fulfillment. And to what, what you're speaking to, don't die with your music still in you. So many of us haven't come inside. We haven't taken a journey inside. We've been taking a journey on the outside. How much can I acquire here? How many journeys can I make to the bank to deposit my check? How many journeys do I have to make to mm -hmm. the store to buy more stuff to make me feel better about myself or to the bar to get another drink or go you know, visit my um, drug supplier to, to get whatever it is that I need to get high so that I can then be happy, which really happiness in that unconscious state of mind is the the numbing myself out from my pain. And that has passed as happiness for so many of us. I know it was for me. I lived in a in what felt like happy. Yes, I had a lot of joyous moments. However, they were conditional on what was happening to sustain it, to sustain that level of happiness. And then that breath work, the meditation, the journey, the studying the mystics, as you said, taught me that I could sustain that happiness by tapping into the source that I'm made of. 
that essence that is unseen, that what, what I'm breathing, um, that unseen air that is that sustains me and the fact that the ultimate breather, God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that I learned to align with is is the source of all of my happiness help me begin to minimize the dream the illusion so that's why i like that that line that that guy said because i'm finding that so many of these young people today they're not chasing overall they're not chasing material stuff they saw all of their parents i know my kids saw their dad and i acquire and accumulate and and have all these things. And then they saw us go through the stock market crash through the the housing uh, bubble and lose those things and lose our happiness. So they saw, oh, wow, stuff and happiness that there, there's something off there. And um, my kids definitely have goals and, and things that they want to do in terms of expressing themselves, but they're not chasing the material like I did. And like I started teaching them to do until I began to um, apologize profusely, please, you know, don't do as I did. Don't do as I tell you to do. Follow your own, your own inner guidance. But so you do the breath work and then now you're here. Let's go to what has happened to your life. How do you live differently? Obviously, as a songwriter, you, you write music that is so beautiful and so the lyrics are so deep. How has all of that changed how you show up in the world? Um, well, I mean, so I've been, uh, okay. So I, I was still in the corporate world back when I started waking up with Wayne Dyer and, and all of that. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to about 2012, which is actually when I met Shannon, my wife now, um, I was still just dabbling in the music. I mean, I, you know, I had one album and I just put an album out. I was all proud of it. And, I, I had a dream that what I was going back to with that, with that kid said, um, you can look at it a hundred different ways, you know, dream small, stay happy. You know, that could be a, that could be a beautiful thing. You know, you know, as, as Gandhi once said, you know, they were walking through his ashram with thousands of people and they said, well, you must be so ambitious. And he said, I should think not. Um, <laughs> exactly. Ambition is, is, you know, striving and all that. But the other side of it is, 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 um, is being able to, to dream in your mind, like what what can I do for the world? You know, how can I make this world a better place? And what can I do with my gifts and all of that? And that's the part that I could hear in his voice that he had just sort of sequestered. Ah. And so I didn't maybe, you know, uh, I just kind of threw the line at you, but he had a, there was like sort of sadness under there. Well, I just dream small and stay happy. So it's sort of like I play small, right? Because I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint myself, you know? Um, anyway, and I, that's how I was. I was like, you know, people were telling me, oh, you should be playing music full time. What are you doing this corporate thing for you? What are you doing? You know, I couldn't hear it. You know, I couldn't hear it. Well, I've got a good paycheck. I don't need to worry. I don't have to worry about money and I don't want to turn this into a job and you know, all that. And 2013 left the job, walked away from a, really big paycheck every month um, and have never looked back. So, you know, that's not, some, that was, that's not an easy decision to make, but when I made the decision and a lot of, with a lot of help from Shannon, <laughs> um, it was, 
you know, my life was happy before. My life is joy now, you know, because I'm doing what I was put here to do. I connected with with the Dharma, the purpose, and it completely sustains me. I don't have to run around and chase anything. It just comes to you and you work. And you know what I'm saying? It's the, you know, we have, we, we host a retreat a couple times a year called Boldly Going Nowhere. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. We, as Wayne, I think we got that from Wayne Dyer. We go from striving to arriving. So it's like you, when you're in that place, it just comes to you. You have to work. You have to do the work. You have to write great song and you have to get out and perform. But the striving is over. You know, you're not looking for anything. You know, it's already there. Like, you know, so, I mean, you know, for me, it's how I show up in the world is um, before I was writing songs and performing them. And then it was a performance. Now I write songs and I share them with an audience and together we experience the song. We sing together. We breathe together. I mean, our workshops, our retreats, it's not just concerts anymore. It's, I mean, we do concerts, but we go deeper with people. Um, and then both of us were just ordained last week um, as uh, ministers. So we're going to take this and turn it into a nonprofit ministry um, to reach prisons and, and underserved populations and all that. So, I mean, how I show up in the world is, is um, you know, you really have to start living it. I mean, you really do. You start, when, when you write these songs, then you, you know, walk through your house and you get upset about something, you go, well, okay, I'm out of balance, go back, you know, because, you know, it just, it makes you, if you feel like you just want to show up as exactly how you are. In the, in the to the world you know um, we all do we all have our little sort of darker self um so more and more light that gets shined in that darker self just becomes smaller and smaller little tiny little part of you and it's always going to be there you know we all have that little that little bad wolf and the good wolf you know which one do you feed so um yeah so it's been quite a journey and, and showing up in the world now is is a lot different than it was when i was i would call it playing small and dreaming real small and I stayed happy you know but when I decided to, to just dream big and say I can do this um that happiness blew up into joy um really truthfully yeah like Jay is saying um and thanks Jay for your comment that this is awesome uh you know it it, it is the, the thing, and you said so many amazing things, so I could go a million different ways with what you said, but what I really want to focus on is I too had to leave the corporate world. I too had to leave my six-figure job and be willing to, to trust because that's what I was learning to do that I was receiving this guidance. I received this workshop to teach. I was I was told, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, don't you tell me what to do. And I'm having a conversation with my own voice inside my own head. I'm hearing what my life should be like and what I should be doing. I should be teaching this program called The Power of Awareness. And although it felt wonderful, then I've got that other little voice, like you were saying, that, that egoic voice telling me, but you're not going to make much money. Who's going to come in and listen to you? You don't know what you're talking about. You Just because this thing showed up in your head doesn't mean you know it. So definitely a lot of self-doubt. But probably the most amazing thing that happened to my life was the willingness to say 
really, truly, it's two sides of the same coin. I had to say no to the way that I thought I was supposed to become somebody in the world, that through making money, through all of these things that I thought were going to um, be helpful to other people, me fixing people or thinking that I know how to fix people, that those ways were the ways that I would contribute to the world. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing this inspiration. You know, you were getting songs. I was getting workshops. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, this information that is coming to me, if I, well, when I started practicing it, it started transforming my life. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden people are saying, you're so different. You're so changed. Then I'm like, well, this voice in my head is telling me to, shift my perception and lift my vibration. And they're like, what? You know, my friends who knew me the old way, the before awakening is what I call it, uh, thought that I was going crazy. But like you were saying, I was listening to this orchestra inside of me where I had been settling for playing one little instrument and I don't even play instruments, but I was settling for an idea of what I thought was possible And then all of a sudden, this creator of all that is that I began to develop this relationship with begins to inform me that there's another purpose for the way I should be living my life and surrendering, saying yes to that while I was saying no to what I thought was going to keep me safe was quite the process. Years of shifting, shifting my thoughts, shifting perceptions, totally and completely turning my life upside down. And what has happened um, on the outside, people can't see a big difference. But on the inside, like you were saying, that joy is is sustainable. Nothing rocks my peace. There's just nothing out there that can that can shift that or in my own mind that I would allow to shift me from my own sense of groundedness with what you're doing inspiring people it is because you are living it it is because your walk and your talk have to be congruent i know for me that's the only way that i inspire people when my walk and my talk were not congruent yes some people got some inspiration but there was not a whole lot of transformation in people's lives that are my students or my clients until i began to walk the talk Mm -hmm. so i definitely feel it so differently and i I get that feedback from my clients when you're performing your concerts. And I, I just had a little experience of you when you were here in Atlanta, it, you, you light up the place, you guys, you and Shannon created an energy that was absolutely, uh, it was just magical. It was so, so amazing. Share what goes on inside of you when you are in that alignment and what are you aligning with? that allows you to create that level of, of magic. Um, thank you for the kind words. Are you talking about in a concert or just when I write the song? Oh, you know, in, in the concert, let's say in the concert when there are people there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm literally out of my, I have no idea. I mean, I, I just get up there and I just start to, I don't write a set list. Um, I just, I just go in and I merge with the energy in the room. And I know that I'm sort of in charge. I'm the conductor um, of the orchestra. And I listen. I just listen for what song needs to come through. I look at people. I see 
people that need something and I just like, oh, that person needs to hear that song and and it's very intuitive. But then, you know, something magical happens because everybody else jumps into the pool with us. And not all the time. I mean, Eddie's Attic is, is one of those cool rooms that, you know, because we have a lot of great fans there in Atlanta. Um, but I, you know, when, you know, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I don't read music, right? I, I People ask me, you know, what key something's in. I, have, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I play chords that I don't know what they are. I just, oh, that sounds good. And then I change the tuning on the guitars and I move, you know. So <laughs> it's just um, when you start having things like that show up and, you know, like when you start downloading these workshop ideas and, you know, you, you can't stop. You can't. You can't. And Thoreau uh, says, you know, go confidently in the directions of your dreams. Um, like, you, and I don't want it to stop. I don't want to stop that flow. I've done that before, and it just it's painful to stop something so delicious from moving through me. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people will, will hear these kinds of things and they'll come up and see you and say, I didn't, you know, you're, you're gone out of your mind and all that. It's like, well, I mean, there's a quote that says, um, you, uh, the ones who were dancing were called crazy because those other people couldn't hear the music. You know, and it's it's okay because we're 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 all you're either you're either awake or you're wake awakening or you're completely asleep. There's three different kinds of kinds of states. You're some people just completely and utterly asleep. They're programmed into um, you know they have the same thoughts that repeat every single day. They're they're immersed in uh, what's going on in the media and all of that. And then something might come along though to shift them to become the awakening people, the people that are awakening. Oh, maybe there's something different. Now there's something going on here. And then there's people like, you know, they're just awake. You know, they're, it doesn't mean they're any better. They're just, they're having a different experience. They're having a much deeper, richer experience. Um, And um, yeah, you know, so I, I can totally relate to, to what you're saying, you know, you just people calling you crazy. A lot of people were like, "You're uh, not a lot of people, to be honest with you, but a few people were like, you're going to quit your job, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, hope that goes okay for you. Um, you know, musicians, it's a tough job, and there's a lot of rejection, and you know, it, it's just, it, it's you know, I mean, you know, and and you can't not do it. That's that's what I've always said, you know. People say, why do you do this? Because I, I can't not do it. Exactly. I can't not do this. You know? Exactly. The the resistance to this, this guidance that I'm receiving is what is painful now. Before, the idea of listening to this voice was painful because it was, I, I didn't want something telling me what to do. I didn't want to to say, oh, this thing that I have been preparing my whole life to become, this this image that I have portrayed, this path that I was on, you know, following the corporate ladder, making money, I didn't want to say I was wrong about that. So I kept resisting this voice that was telling me there is so much more richness when you're not following the path of money, the path of materialism. I didn't want to be wrong about what I thought was right for so long. And getting comfortable with making that shift, getting comfortable with accepting, well, maybe there's something, maybe there's more that I don't know about. 
and really getting to the place that I got curious and began to soften my insistence in that I knew what was right for me and for everybody else, by the way, because that's how I rolled. Um, and to begin to open up to what is this, this inspiration that is flowing through me that is inviting me to try things that I had not tried before, moved me down this path that really, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Absolutely would not trade it. I mean, it was not a comfortable transformation, but it was a necessary one for my liberation. There was just no way I could experience the freedom that I feel today had I stayed on the path that I was on before mm -hmm. of seeking and gathering and accumulating and being in a place of emptiness now it and trusting that my wholeness is just is it just is it has has just been absolutely life life altering, which, again, is one of the reasons I love to do these conversations, because people hear about liberation and transformation and conscious and unconscious and asleep and awake. But what the hell does that mean? Um, so you and I are serving as examples of, of this is just how it happens, it happens through a musician. It happens through a, a you know, a, a spiritual coach, teacher, workshop facilitator. And it happens in so many different ways. Let's talk about what's happening in the world right now. Because to me, one of the biggest changes that I know I have experienced is my ability to observe what's happening from a much broader perspective, understanding that source, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is in essence for me, this is how I feel it, is calling all of us to return back to the truth of who we are pulling us out of the illusion of separation that we are what we you know do in the world coming out of that bubble and coming into the the community of oneness with all that is to begin to realize that we really are one that we are a family that breath that i consciously breathe is the same air that you breathe it's the same air that the Syrians breathe that the Mexicans breathe that the Africans breathe, that the Alaska, people in Alaska breathe, the Eskimos. Um, and coming to that place of realizing that oneness with all that is, that is what has absolutely transformed me is my ability to feel the importance of every single being to the whole of, of all that is. And it has really it has altered me. How are you seeing what's happening in the world from your vantage point now? Um, happening in the world as opposed to um, how, how do you mean what's happening? Out there, what you're seeing in the world, uh, in politics, in the, the world of business, in the world of money, in the world of, of science, weather, all of that, anything external. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I think that um, what we see in the world is what we carry in our heart. I can't remember who said that, but so, you know, the person I was 10 or 15 years ago, I'd probably be uh, all caught up in what's going on in the world. Um, who I am now, I see uh, the beautiful matrix of what 
what agreements are, are being played out right now in the world. Um, I think that humanity is, I mean, quite frankly, it just feels like they're, you know, they've been given so we've been given so many chances to wake up as a, as a, as, as a human race. Um, but I don't know if we've ever been given such a perfect um, recipe right now. I mean, we've, you know, there's been horrible atrocities, you know, done in the name of religion, um, in the name of greed, in the name of, you know, really those two things, greed and religion. Um, and, you know, we've advanced in so many ways. <clears throat> the technology is <clears throat> off the charts. We're able to communicate with people all over the world. Um, I think the oneness is showing up. Yeah. And then as that oneness shows up, um, just like in you and or in me, as above, so below, um, out in the world is the reflection of what goes on inside of one person. You know, whenever you start to wake up, all you know, your darkness has come up because because you're shining the light in. You know, I mean, you know, Louise Hay, she always says, you know, never clean your house at night. <laughs> always clean your house during the day. You know, so you can see where all the dirt is. So when you shine the light in. Like right now, the the oneness is trying to show up. The all the marches and, and the you know the Black Lives Matter. All these people are all coming up saying, "Look, the truth is being exposed." So what's going to happen in that? Just like it's going to happen inside of a human being, the darkness is going to come and say, "No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh." Uh-uh. So I think right what what I'm seeing in the world is um, hopefully a great huge course correction that you know 100 200 years from now they'll go wow those guys you know they were they could have really gone down into this dark place but they uh they learned from their history that it's time to rise up and come together because together we rise as opposed to you know separately so i don't know i look at it um i'm kind of like you uh, when you said uh there's a quote that i like to say with the breath it says when you own your breath, nothing can take your peace. So I feel like, you know, most of the time, I don't say all the time, most of the time, I, I can, I'm, I'm not rattled as anywhere near as much as I used to be by what's going on outside in the world. Um, now, that's not to say that um, I'm not affected by it and driven to do something. Okay. Different things, uh, being triggered and reactive and explosive and angry and anxious doesn't help anybody. Now, yeah. seeing it, staring it down and saying, you know, because we're just about to put out a new album, and the album is called When the, um, the Song Gets a Little Bit Louder. And the refrain of it is, is um, every time a shot rings out in the night, the song gets a little bit louder. Um, every time we say goodbye to another innocent life, the song gets a little bit louder. Every time we forget we belong to one another, the song gets a little bit louder. Every time we forget that we're sisters and brothers, the song gets a little bit louder. So, so we, Shannon and I, and our collective, Bob Simon Music, Shannon Plummer, our new nonprofit, Where the Light Gets In, it's called, um, are strongly called to serve and to bring this music, to bring that unity, to shine the light on the dark so it goes, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm wake, wake up. The definition of darkness is not looking. I heard that from Dale Allen Hoffman, not looking. And right now, looking, because it's all over the headlines, it's everywhere. 
we're it's staring us in the face. So I don't know. I'm just kind of looking at it, watching it, learning from it, uh, seeing what's inside of me because everything that's out there, there's some part of it that's in me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like in love with the world right now. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it's, you know, there's so much amazing stuff that's going on and it's, it's a great, uh, you know, there was somebody that once said in your body in the human body, if you look down into your cells, there's a great war going on, keeping you in homeostasis, keeping you here. There's a great war going on. And, and, and it's not like war, like warfare, but it's like this sort of balance of homeostasis in the human body. It's the same thing right now. And right now, you know, it looks like, you know, sometimes you look at whatever going on in the news, like, oh, my gosh, the, the bad guys or whatever are winning. And then you go, oh, but, you know, there's just this, there's this balance. And sooner or later, if the human race is going to be here much longer, it's going to have to come into what you said into this, like, we're family, we're family. The animals are part of our family. The earth is the place that we get to live, have our family. Um, and the it might not happen in our generation, but we're laying down the groundwork for all of this stuff to be realized 100 years, two year, 200 years from now, the next couple, five, seven generations. So I am just in awe that I'm able to serve at this time with what I'm doing, what Shannon and I are doing. I'm in awe, and it's you know it's humbling. It's a little um, it's it's a little intimidating sometimes when you do run up against right. You know you see it staring right in the face. Um, I don't know if it was you or somebody I saw was at a rally yesterday, a KKK rally. It wasn't you. It was somebody else. Um, but it was somebody in Atlanta. Um, so what a what a time to be alive. <laughs> like it is. Absolutely. It is amazing. I, you know, one of the things that, that has happened for me is the the source that I receive guidance from, you know, we've got a a, a communication going at all times. And I stay as open as possible to that communication. Um, and it's just absolutely remarkable to hear guidance about what's happening. And as you said, as within, so without, as above, so below. In the world, I am watching the characters outside do exactly what was happening with the characters inside of me. My greedy side, my selfish side, my controlling side, my lying side, my cheating side, my pretending side, my looking for uh, applause side. And I am watching the characters outside, uh, out there in the world, on every stage, political, financial, um, even even spiritual, recreating exactly what was going on inside of me that I had to say no to and what I had to say yes to. And I'm watching it on the, the world stage. And it is really, truly fascinating because, as you said, the light is just getting brighter and brighter because people like you, people like me have heard this calling, have had this yearning to wake up, this, this recognition that we're all part of the same one breath. And as we align ourselves with what makes us the same, I am watching people's lives transform. And what makes us different becomes 
just part of the the ingredients that makes this soup so yummy. And but we're all we're we're all the same soup. We're all the in, inside of the same container. And it's really, really exciting to see where we're headed. So I'm glad to hear that you two feel optimistic about what's coming because I, I think that the song of awakening is getting a lot louder. As you wrote in your in your lyrics, that is what's happening. The the call is getting louder and more are listening. And it's impossible not to at this point with the the glaring contrast between kindness and lack of it, between greed and grace, between cooperation and condemnation between freedom and controlling it's becoming so glaringly obvious mm -hmm. that i think people are are the contrast is really helping us come to the place that that we realize that we really can choose and we can choose like you said not just for ourselves but for the generations to come and that's absolutely beautiful so this has been a fabulous conversation and we're we're about to wrap this up how what is the best place for people to connect with you besides here through Facebook? They can send you a friend request, but what website can we send people to connect with you and be able to take advantage of all the amazing things that you and Shannon have to offer? Well, right now we're, we're getting ready to consolidate everything into one website, but for, um, it should be out um, probably in the next 60 days. But right now, bobsimon.com is where you can go in, you know, put your, uh, Put your email address and, and we'll stay in touch with you. But we also, our retreat website is weareboldlygoingnowhere.com. Um, weareboldlygoingnowhere.com. Let me, let me type that one up. Yeah. That's a, that's a long one. I know. That one's, it's all going to be, you know, rolled into one, our other main website. But, um, but weareboldlygoingnowhere.com is, is our retreat website. We have, we have a couple coming up, one in October and one in January, so people can come learn about uh, what we do there, which is a whole bunch of music, a whole bunch of breath work, a whole bunch of shamanic journeying, um, some fun, some silence. Um, we play games. And we're on the Chesapeake Bay. We're on the ocean, two different locations. Um, but, yeah, Facebook, we're here. We, we try to stay on there and stay in touch with people, put up videos and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's those. Those are two good websites. And, um, you know, I know you're going to be talking to Shannon, you know, in the next month or two. So she can maybe by the time she gets on your show, she'll uh, we'll have our, our one website. People. Yes, I have her coming on October the 7th. Next week, I have my friend Hope Merrill, who is absolutely amazing. So that will be another fun conversation. But sure. you know, to to your website there, we are boldly going nowhere. I love that because in many ways, that's exactly what we're doing. We are returning to a place inside of us that is is going nowhere. We are we are returning to, to this, this place of alignment within where all that we've ever searched for already is. So how beautiful that that's, that's the title of, uh, or the name of your website, because it takes a lot of boldness um, to go nowhere. That, that is exactly right. How many times have you tried to sit on a meditation mat, you know, 
Uh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your wisdom, your passion, and your, your awesomeness, your magnificence with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so honor um, your willingness to be so transparent and, and to be in service. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. I appreciate you having me on. Totally. I will see you around. All right. Take care. Blessings. Bye-bye.